Invitations can change your life. How you respond to an invitation can change the course of your life. Welcome to Heart Talk with me, Dr. Charles Lee. After 42 years as a medical doctor with 35 years of experience as a plastic surgeon, I have faced real-life issues in health with open-heart bypass surgery, a financial crisis and yet went on to earn a million ringgit within five years, struggled through relationship and spirituality issues on my journey to live my best life. So if you are searching for real-life solutions to real-life issues, then join me at the Heart Talk podcast for insightful interviews, heart-to-heart conversations and selected book reviews. And together, let's talk. Welcome to Heart Talk. My guest today is a consultant cardiologist at Whips Cross Hospital in London, in UK. He's a recipient of several Lifetime Achievement Awards, especially in the area of inflammation and heart disease. Um, Dr. Sandeep Gupta is a physician who is really passionate about global cardiovascular risk and prevention of heart disease. And uh, we are delighted that he's here in Malaysia, especially here in Kota Kinabalu. And they will be delivering a lecture on the new dimensions of uh, management of uh, hypertension. Um, as a heart patient myself, um, it's deeply exciting when you hear the words new dimension because it always some promises something new. And so without much ado, I want to welcome Dr. Sandeep Gota. Thank you very much. Welcome to Heart Talk. Thank you very much. I want to begin with at ground zero. Um, diagnosis of uh, triple vessel disease, bypass surgery done. Um, the only problem I had was a bit of a blood pressure. Uh, cholesterol was slightly high. And, uh, and this has come as a sudden shock. And I've been on forums now for the last year and a half on uh, those who have had bypass. And it's suddenly a daunting and scary scenario when you realize that you've got this disease and, and the doctor tells you, you, it's advanced, Charles, where do you go from here? So I want to start on this platform of rehabilitation. Yes. Basically, how do I protect and how do I fall in love with my heart again? <laughs> so tell me, where do we go from here? Well, um, thank you for the very kind introduction. And it's, it's wonderful to some extent to hear yourself being passionate to recover and to reheat yourself. Because this is a very important point, that just because they've diagnosed you and you've had major heart surgery is not the end. There is a great opportunity now to almost re-undo what perhaps has been missed out. I know that you're relatively young. and Thank you. <laughs> and this is a very important, that you've developed coronary disease prematurely, under 65. And this is what we want to teach the public. Please don't necessarily wait for the event to change your life. Right. Cardiac rehabilitation, you will be transformed. Because cardiac rehabilitation will get you back to an, a, a life of normality, even though you've had a new set of arteries and you're a heart patient. And obviously, having gone through cardiac surgery, intensive care, having the knife right. in your chest, right. it's quite formidable. But if we can 
sort out your numbers. It's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the blood pressure, 137. Whether it's the cholesterol, 4 millimoles or 160 milligrams per deciliter. Whether it's your blood sugar, whether it's your waist circumference, aim for 32 inches. Okay. Whether it's your BMI, whether it's your, I don't think you're a smoker. No. no? Yeah. So it's a numbers game, mm -hmm. and that's what we have to focus on for you. It's important, Charles, that you also are on the right combination of tablets. Right. You know, like we have the Fab Four, uh -huh. the Beatles. Uh -huh. You. Yeah, I grew up with them. You have to be on the Fab Four drugs. Mm -hmm. The Fab Four drugs mm -hmm. are your statins. Right. You need your cholesterol very low. Mm -hmm. And you said that you were a little bit borderline before. Right. You need your blood pressure. Your systolics should average mm -hmm. 125 to 135. Okay. 70, 75. Okay. Yes, when you have a row with a neighbor or you lose your car keys, it right. will go up. Right. But that's your average. Your blood sugar should be optimal. Your weight and, uh, and your, your diet and also physical activity. Sure. What we're saying to patients is to move away from worrying about exercise. Mm -hmm. Physical activity. You're in a lovely place like Kotok in Bali, brisk walk. Right. Or, you know you have to take the bus. Right. Go for the second bus stop. Okay. Think about 30 a day. That's not cigarettes. Okay. Th <laughs> 30 minutes of physical activity. And you can split that up. 10 minutes of three lots, or two lots of 15. Break out your day and just tell your staff, I'm off, and go up and down the stairs. If you like walking the dog, if you like hoovering, if you like washing the car, right. if you like doing bangra, 30 minutes a day. So this is what we have to instill with the public as well. This is, this is really a lifestyle change, isn't it? I mean, plus the tablets. Plus, plus the tablets. Plus the tablets. Okay. So lifestyle change, yep. numbers, yep. keep them intact, and make sure you keep going to the cardiologist and tell me what is the best drug combination to be on. Right. Because medicine is always advancing, new molecules. I mean, tonight I'm going to give a lecture on uh, a relatively new combination. Mm -hmm. You have two powerful weapons, ACE inhibitor, mm -hmm helps blood pressure, helps heart failure, vascular protection, perindopril. And you have a calcium antagonist, amlodipine, at one stage the number one selling blood pressure tablet in the world. Right. But also good for ischemia. And they've combined and blood pressure. And now they've combined them. And so it may be another option if your blood pressure control is not optimal to go for something like that. So you want to be able to be on the state of the art medication. Right. So does that mean that for someone who's got triple vessel disease, um, you need to be more aggressive then in, in, in all aspects of, you know, what is probably 130 for somebody, 135, you've got to come lower than that. because As I'm, long as I'm you're still, not busy. The moment you get right, busy, right. that's the threshold. Okay. It's, okay. Almost, it's a very simplified way of looking at it because okay. you don't want to go too low. Right, sure. But we have a big problem in Malaysia and UK. Right. There are too many people who are way out of control. Right. Control of blood pressure, maybe 30-40%, even though people are on tablets. Mm. So you're right, sorry to interrupt, sure, but, sure. but you're right. You are now on secondary prevention. Mm -hmm. Primary prevention is the people who've not had a bypass or a heart attack or a stroke right. yet. 
and with control and risk factor. You are in a different ball game. You're more valuable. Right. You've had a very expensive operation. Yeah. You've had a life-saving operation. Mm -hmm. And there is very good evidence to keep your vein grafts and the lemur graft yep. open, mm -hmm. lower the better. Right. Triglycerides, LDL, systolic, heart rate. Okay. We want your heart rate averaging 60. Right. The, I mean, you talk about LDL and the HDL. I mean, yeah. I always come back after my cardiologist, and he looks at it and he says, okay, it's 1.3, 1.4 for the LDL, millimoles. But he keeps talking about the HDL. And so I go back home, and I, and I come wondering now, he says, go for your HDL. What is your HDL? And uh, right now it's about 1.2, 1.3 millimoles. Um, and uh, I mean, is this something that you know, we've got to get bogged down with? You know, you're, so. you're, you're right that no drug, unfortunately, has become available that boosts up the HDL and has been proven to make a difference. Okay. Now, when we see South Asian origin patients, when we see diabetics, when we see young MIs, often the HDL is low. So right. it is a risk factor. So a low HDL has been shown to be highly prevalent in early coronary disease. But the evidence of boosting up the HDL mm -hmm. and giving you more years of life isn't there. Okay. So don't get worked up yep. by doing that. The lower you can lower the LDL, right. you'll be better off. So don't get too worked up. They say increase in physical activity, the odd glass of red wine, good quality mm -hmm. stuff, right. may help, but don't worry about the drugs to boost up the HDL. Okay. There is one, but it causes so many side effects and it hasn't been mm -hmm. proven to alter outcome. Okay. The outcomes are altered by lowering the LDL. Okay. Now, how aggressive is this disease in a family? One of the bits of research that I was involved with many years ago was looking at the role of other risk factors. Okay. And as you say, that why is it that if you're a non-smoker, mm -hmm. everything else was borderline, why do you end up with moth-eaten vessels? So that's why we've always been hunting for new risk factors, novel risk factors. Mm -hmm. The work that we looked at was infection with the organism chlamydia pneumonia, mm -hmm. which is almost like the helicobacter of the heart. Right. And you can imagine the excitement that if an organism is linked with coronary disease and you can eradicate the organism with antibiotics, mm -hmm. wow, you would wipe out coronary disease. A number of studies, including ours, was, it was done, but the subsequent trials were neutral, didn't make a difference. Right. It's a bit like the folic acid story. Okay. Now, homocysteine has been shown to be linked with thrombosis, stroke, coronary disease. Mm -hmm. But the moment you lower homocysteine with folic acid, the trials mm -hmm. were all neutral. Okay. It's like, um, you know, you've got to only intervene and say a risk factor is proven if the intervention works. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we identify sure. cholesterol as a risk factor. And we show if you lower the bad cholesterol, outcome is improved. Okay. So the original inflammation infectious story, that's on hold. Okay. We have re-upgraded the major risk factors. So again, if we look at your case, whichever bits you fit in, cigarettes, I mean they say wherever you are on the planet, 80% mm -hmm. of all heart attacks mm -hmm. from Johannesburg to Kotokinabalu, to Edinburgh, to Sydney, to Lahore, 
80% are explained by four risk factors. Cigarettes, diabetes, cholesterol, and blood pressure. Then you can populate the genes, father's history or uncle's history, right. the lack of physical activity, the high-fat diet, the samosas, and the Massey lamet with three mm -hmm. times eggs, eggs right. whatever. So right. then you can other things, but those fat, you know, those four main risk factors are our targets. This is what we want to teach the public. Please don't necessarily wait for the event to change your life. Right. Cardiac rehabilitation, you will be transformed because cardiac rehabilitation will get you back to an, a, a life of normality, even though you've had a new set of arteries and you're a heart patient. And obviously, having gone through cardiac surgery, intensive care, having the knife in your chest, right. it's quite formidable. But if we can sort out your numbers, it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the blood pressure, 137. Whether it's the cholesterol, 4 millimoles or 160 milligrams per liter. Whether it's your blood sugar, whether it's your waist circumference, aim for 32 inches. Okay. Whether it's your BMI, whether it's your, I don't think you're a smoker. No. no. So it's a numbers game, mm -hmm. and that's what we have to focus on. There is very good evidence to keep your vein grafts and the lima graft yep. open, mm -hmm. lower the better. Right. Triglycerides, LDL, systolic, heart rate. They say wherever you are on the planet, 80% mm -hmm. of all heart attacks, mm -hmm. from Johannesburg to Kotakinabalu to Edinburgh to Sydney to Lahore, 80% mm -hmm. are explained by four risk factors. Cigarettes, diabetes, cholesterol and blood pressure. Then you can populate the genes, father's history or uncle's history, right. the lack of physical activity, the high-fat diet, the samosas, and the Massey lamet with three mm -hmm. times eggs, eggs whatever. Right. So right. then you can other things, but those fat, you know, those four main risk factors are our target. One of the first books that I bought on my first week of discharge from the uh, from the heart center, I went up to the mega mall, went to the bookshop, and the, and this book leapt off from the shelf with the word reversal, yeah. because it was so comforting that I had reached a point there where everybody was you know you have just gone through, and then you hear the word reversal, just like new dimensions, you know, it's, it's exciting. Tell me, when the report comes up in front of me and says 65, 75 percent block, can that be reversed? I mean, uh, I thought that this was a chronic disease and, you know, and it's all, that's it, and nothing in the vessel is going to reverse it. Yeah. Um, Are you saying before your bypass, so they've shown you the plumbing, right. the, the, well, they've shown you the, 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 the anatomy, yeah, yeah. bang, 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 yep. before you have a bypass, your yep. question is, is, can you intervene yourself? That's right. Um, very few of the drugs have been shown to reverse. There is some evidence if you have high potent statin, mm -hmm. so you're talking 40 to 80 milligrams, right. can stabilize the process. There was a study called Asteroid where they used 40 milligrams of resuvastatin. Mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. and they managed to lower LDL minus 50, minus 60 percent. Mm -hmm. And HDL actually came up as well. Right. They showed in that study, uh, where they followed up patients' arteries, there was some degree, but it's millimeters. What has been shown is not, don't get worked up by reversal. You want to stabilize. Right. Because it's an aging process. So as the years go by, more and more atherosclerosis occurs. Mm -hmm. So you want to halt the acceleration. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So that way, you've got to go on the Fab Four. In that scenario, the Fab Four drugs and your risk factors will help. Because let's say you have no bypass, you've got this anatomy, mm -hmm. but you decide you don't want any tablets. Mm -hmm. You decide you're not going to change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You stayed like you were. Mm -hmm. Then what will happen, you have a greater chance of coming back early with problems. Right. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, sure. By addressing your lifestyle, getting the right medications, and also revascularization, mm -hmm. you suddenly improve your outcome. Right. I mean, it's amazing because this has been going on for many years, I'm sure. Yes. And so what the, the heart surgeon who did me said that there was a whole pattern of revascularization that was going on behind the scenes, you know. All the collaterals were working yeah. and all that, and, yeah. uh, and that was keeping the heart alive. That's, that's a remarkable. Um, I mean, our, our coronary circulation, you know, is remarkable because of the facility that for some patients you can grow new, you can have an auto bypass. Yeah. yeah? Your yeah. artery yeah. is blocked, right. but for some reason the other side grows a new vessel and so you stabilize. What we find is that despite the collaterals, some people still get angina, right. and that's where bypass would help. Um, or where the, the degree of occlusion is or stenosis is, right. prognostically you will be better off Okay, with the bypass. Yeah. Well, uh, the other question I want to ask is that, which is very commonly on, on the site. A, a patient has had a bypass yeah. or even a stent. Um, can he have a heart attack? Yes. Well, In so other words, uh, if, if he had an event, can there be a second event? And like for me, I, I don't know what the chest pain is all is like. Um, and I, so I'll I give you an example. Please, the, yeah. the answer is yes, you can. So despite having life-saving stent, mm -hmm. proximal LAD when you have your heart attack, mm -hmm. or a bypass electively like you had, right. yes, your outcome is improved, but you can still block off. And this is especially if you don't sort out the secondary prevention and the risk factors are still not controlled. Mm -hmm. Your risk is... So don't think necessarily you're cured for life. Right. You still, as you said at the start, you still have to respect your grafts. Yes. And even your own native vessels, you can stabilize them if the cholesterol remains low. So, unfortunately, people do still have events, but, you know, a heart, a heart attack and unstable angina can happen at any course, mm -hmm. but you can minimize it by addressing these things. Fantastic. And the best example I have that patient people will know is Bill Clinton. Mm. Bill sure. Clinton was similar age to you yeah. when he had bypass yeah. surgery and he had again a few risk factors um, and my understanding is six years after his yeah. bypass That's he didn't right. have a heart attack yeah. I think he had a limited one yeah. but he needed a stent right yes. so that's the other thing that even yes. though you've had one bypass mm -hmm. so many of our patients may come back 10 15 years later mm -hmm. needing another one or a stent 
Right. So it's just how long can you keep away from the cardiologist and the surgeon? Yeah? That's right. Yeah. They say I mean, this is. Uh, this, you, this you don't want to meet a cardiologist that often. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah. it's true. Is the, the, the disease process in the arteries um, still the same as it was in the veins? The reason why I ask yeah. this is this because um, I do vein work, you know, varicose yeah. veins and all that. And so when we put in the sclerosing agent and Adzim, who is the sonographer, three days later we have a look at it, it's solid, it's a pipe, it's dead. And when you read the word atherosclerosis and you think that this is going on, you know, in the, in the vessels in the arteries, mm -hmm. my question is, does the vein graft, I mean, is it, is it the mechanical work that is going on with the pressure into the vein grafts or is it the same piping system that is rusting in between? Well, if we differentiate the veins, because I presume you had a lemur graft. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, yep. That is a gift. Yeah. The lemur is your gift. Because a evidence shows the lemur, one artery, that doesn't get atherosclerosis. Right. Why do we get atherosclerosis in the neck? Yeah. In the leg, yeah. in the aorta, I mean, this in is, the coronary. This, this is what I asked the heart surgeon. I mean, where are you taking it from? It's your lemur, of yeah. course. It's one and vessel. The, and there's lots of theories. Mm -hmm. Why? And it's also the radial artery. Yeah, right. And you know, for some surgeons, they've been using the radial as a graph. Uh -huh. And you know, we do angiography now from yeah. the radial artery. Very rarely do you get atherosclerosis. Now, yeah. one theory is it's a straight vessel. Okay. There's no tortuosity, there's no bends. Right. And by being straight, you have less shear stress. Mm. So it's the bendy things, like the vessel, coronary vessels, yeah. where you get atherosclerosis. That's one theory. Okay. Um, I think, you know, people have looked at other theories. Some people's lemurs, there's no flow, and they can't be used. Right. So, so if, you, if you had a good lemur, I don't know what the surgeons told you. Well, the first thing they told me is when we opened up the clip, it was just spurting away. Yeah. So that, took it on that, that point. That will be your gift for life, <coughs> lemur vessel. The vein graft story, even within six months, some patients, the vein grafts never take to the bypass. Mm -hmm. But we have seen, when we've done angiograms on previous bypass patients, 10, 12, 15 years later, the veins are still okay. Mm -hmm. And I think it's back to, again, respect in your heart after the operation. Right. If you make a, a strategy as an individual and say, let's take the best advice, let's take the best combination of medications, and let's try to minimize restenosis okay. or grain, uh, vein graft degeneration, um, it, you know, you can preserve them for a longer period. I mean that's uh, that that's a good point to to to, to go on and uh, and I want to just quickly move on to this whole passion that you have for the South Asian groups and in this part of the world. Um, I mean I think the, the amount of talks that are being organised here in Malaysia now bringing this whole thing in awareness. Yes. Um, I mean my roots are Sri Lankan, but uh, my wife's from Sri Lanka. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean you know that that's yeah. that's that's great. That's fantastic. But the, you know I, my wife's Chinese. Right. So we all sit together, and, and when I went for my bypass, I mean, we had Indians, we had Chinese, we had Malays, you know, we had all the races in the same room. And how aggressive is this disease purely from people like us who are, you know, South, South Asians, but still from, from India, from yeah. Sri Lanka? And yeah, it's, it's been repeatedly shown. Uh -huh. And in fact, some of the earliest studies were in Malaya and Singapore. Oh, really? 1950. Danaraj. Oh, yes, yes, Danaraj. Danaraj. University Hospital. He showed, yeah. compare the Indians, which was the main group from South Asia, and the Chinese and the Malay, 
that India's much more heart attacks than mm -hmm. cholera disease. They showed this in, in Uganda, African Ugandans and Asian Ugandans. Mm -hmm. In the 50s, there was a difference. And then they showed this in Cape Town, in Toronto, mm -hmm. in um, London, wherever the South Asians went. Really? They showed, if you compare the South Asians, now I mean Indians, Pakistanis, Bangladeshis, Sri Lankan, mm -hmm. as the main group, their death rate from heart attack is 40 to 50% higher than the local population, wherever they go. And what we have shown, the disease happens 10 years early. Really? I mean, so you almost fit the bill <laughs> that you know, you've yeah, developed right. um, at a premature age and your South Asian origin. Your next question is going to be, so why? Yeah. So despite 50 years of work, we still don't know the answer. Really? But it's divided with the gene and the environment. Right. So the gene means something in South Asians triggers premature. And the best example is a school playground study in London. Mm -hmm. And they looked at 10 to 14 year old South Asian kids mm -hmm. and their white colleagues. Mm -hmm. And they found as early as 10 to 14, the South Asian kids had more insulin resistance and higher insulin. So that's an early marker of future diabetes and heart disease. Okay. So we have to take the view, if you originate mm -hmm. from the South Asian origin, you have a genetic risk. Right. Once you abuse that with risk factors like cigarette smoking, yeah, lack of exercise, yeah. ghee and abnormal, you make that risk worse. Okay. I suppose analogy is with the African Caribbean population. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're aware that they have more stroke. Right. Yeah. And we don't know the answer. They have more hypertension, but they have low coronary disease. Okay. So I think there is, in cultural groups, mm -hmm. there is different variation. But I South mean, Asians, premature coronary disease. I mean, is there uh, a place for stress coming in? I mean, when they're immigrating to all these countries, they're under tremendous stress to make it happen, make it work? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know? I think, again, we're moving away from the traditional risk factors, but you're right. Stress could be a cofactor. It's wrong to put stress as the number one sure. when you're a smoker, overweight, and your cholesterol is high and your blood pressure is not controlled. Right. So I think we've got to prioritize. But I think the stress thing is difficult because your stress is someone else's fun and games. Right. It's relative. Yes. Right. So I suspect it's the handling of stress, okay. how people cope, okay. maybe. Uh, but I think they have looked at this effect of emigration. immigration. Right. Go into a foreign land, having to work hard and sure. keep up. Co-factor problem. Well, in closing, and, and you know, with the benefit for many of others who have got the same platform that I'm on now, um, can we live a long, full, quality life? I mean, you've gone through all the, the steps that we have to do, but the take-home is enjoy it while you can. En enjoy the limitations, is what my heart surgeon said. You know. Yes. Um, I think that. Um, what's the take-home flag for us? Today's 80-year-olds are last year's 70-year-olds. We're living longer. Right. It's still, and I, probably I'm a bit flippant saying this, it's not easy to die. It's not easy to die. What is easy is to spend years of morbidity, right. needing an amputation, needing your third bypass, right. needing an oxygen cylinder, 
in and out of hospital heart failure. Right. So we have to, as you say, balance the length of life with quality of life. And to do both of those, you have to do the same thing. Right. Fab four drugs if you're secondary prevention, and looking at your risk factors and your numbers game. Mm -hmm. And also, what we have to instill is that the physician, the surgeon, health professionals have a duty and a role, mm -hmm. but so does the individual. Yeah, I mean, you're and right. it's a deal. It's it's it's. it's it's a good deal because at the end of the day, you, you know, you, you find that the heart is right in there and you don't look at it and so you, you ignore it. I, until, use the analogy of, I use the analogy <coughs> that if you have an aspirin a day, mm -hmm. it thins your blood. If you have a cigarette a day, it thickens your blood. That aspirin isn't working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of it is education. You're, you're, you're in a, we're in a privileged profession, we have some education, we have some knowledge, we have access. Unfortunately, the world has inequality, mm -hmm. and so many populations, rural or uh, impoverished, lower social class, don't have the education, don't have mm -hmm. the uh, access, don't have the affordability. So what we would also like to do is to get a, an even playing field for the, right. the whole population. Right, sure. You know, why should it be? If you've got the money, you get the best operator. Mm -hmm. And so I think that uh, we have another duty as health professionals, but it's not, it can't be all our job. Sure. I mean, it's also our government and legislation. As well. And sometimes with all the knowledge, still, you still live that, that life of denial and, yes, you know, exactly. and then continue until it really hits you. Yeah. But, uh, but with that, Dr. Sanjugutta, Sanjugutta, thank you very much for being hard talk. Did you learn anything, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>